0: All right. Here's the question. What are you searching for? For real? What are you searching for? Can you just say with me, what am I searching for? Just go ahead. Say that out loud. Type it in the chat. This is the question that we're going to be unpacking over the course of the next four weeks. And can I just tell you guys how super, super excited I am to teach this series as we make our way towards Christmas. Somebody shout Christmas. Praise be to God. All right. Listen, uh, the first thing I want to do is just ask you if you're watching on Facebook, would you please push the share button and let's share this fun wide. If you're not on Facebook, uh, share the link to our website page. And the second thing I want to do before I jump into this teaching is I want to give a shout out to our MBCC high schoolers and middle schoolers who are watching with their parents and working through this series. What's up, guys? I am super excited. After each teaching uh, during the course of this series, they're going to jump on a Zoom and get into their small groups and unpack this. But young people, I just want you to know I've thought a lot about you as we've as we have kind of worked through this series. So can somebody shout, lean in, lean in. Praise be to God. Let's pray. God, we want to give you thanks and praise for this day. And I'm just asking that you would work supernaturally. You've orchestrated this. This is a divine moment for the person that's listening to me. So have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Very quickly, since we're, we're headed towards Christmas, let me give you a summary of what Christmas is all about. Young people, make sure you lean in here. Here's what Christmas is all about. Here's the meaning of Christmas right here. For this is how God loved the world. Can somebody shout loved the world? He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish. He's the ultimate gift, but will have eternal life. This is what Christmas is all about right here. So make sure we, this is going to therefore be our theme text kind of for the rest of this series. So just put it in the back of your mind and, uh, and just keep there, there, keep that there. Now, let me just explain to you a little bit about this series. Uh, our team has done a lot of research and we figured out what are the top four or five keywords that people are Googling when it comes to searching for answers to their kind of innermost yearnings. And then we've kind of prioritized and ordered these words, and I'm going to talk about each one each week and uh, and try to help you to connect what you're searching for, come on now, with your faith as we move forward together. So let me ask you a question and type the answer to this question, your answer to this question in the chat. What do you think? Is the number one thing that people are searching for, their most, the thing they're yearning for the most. if you could describe it in one word, just go ahead and type in the chat. Young people just shout it out loud. Just go ahead and shout it out loud now. The adults everybody, just shout it out loud." OK. Here's the deal. This one word, the most popular of all, just recently, the search reached 300, 330,000 330, searches. You ready for the word? Love. The one thing that people are searching for the most right now is love. And we uh, captured some of the samples of those searches here. And So here, here's what it looked like. What's love? What is the meaning of true love? Is love real? No one cares. No one loves me. Does God love me? Feeling unloved. How much does God love me? So, Quick summary. The thing that most people are searching for across the world is love. You might summarize those searches really in three questions. One, am I loved? Two, uh, does God love me? Three, if God loves me, how much does God love me? And four, uh, this thing I'm calling love that I'm searching for, what is it really? How do I know it when I find it, when I see it, when I experience it? So I'm going to try to help us to get inside of those questions with this teaching today as we look at a wonderful story in Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 46. And I'm not going to focus on Jesus as the baby in the manger. I'm going to think about, uh, focus on Jesus as the 33-year-old adult at the very end of his earthly ministry, an amazing miracle and wonderful story here it is then they reached Jericho uh, and as Jesus and his disciples left the town in other words they went into the town ministered and came out of the town Jesus and the disciples then the story picks up a large crowd followed him a blind beggar named Bartimaeus the son of Timaeus was sitting beside the road when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby he began to shout Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see. And he followed Jesus down the road. There's the read. It's a powerful story. What does this have to do with searching for love. Let's pick the story up in verse 46, right where it really starts. Jesus exits the town of Jericho. Jericho is really the last kind of largest town before you get to Jerusalem, en route to Jerusalem. It's a huge crowd walking with Jesus as they are headed towards Jerusalem because it's the Passover festival time. And that's the time when most Jews will return uh, to Jerusalem. So huge crowds following. And here's what the text says. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. I want you to think about this notion. Uh, use your imagination, if you will. This, this blind beggar, as he's called, Bartimaeus is sitting by the most busy highway Leading to Jerusalem. Hundreds of people are passing by. He can't see them. But the text gives us a clue to probably what he was saying to them, very similar to what he was saying to Jesus Have mercy on me. Can you spare some chains? take pity on me can you spare some chain and people are just moving by they just the kids are laughing and playing and moving by on both sides and people are chatting back and forth people no one is really noticing him and here's probably what he's thinking he's thinking i can't see you have mercy have mercy he's also probably thinking do you see me have mercy have mercy Do you hear me? Take pity, take pity. Can you spare some change? Do you at least care? Do you value me? Do you care enough to slow down guys? somebody? Can you just like pause your conversation just a little bit, just for a few moments to spare a few pence? Help me to put some food on the table. Help me to pay the person who's taking care of me. I mean, like, do you care just a little bit? Can you help a brother out? What of may as to say. Now, what I want to suggest to you is that none of us wants to be the blind beggar. Yet, the reality is that either we have, we are, or we will be at some point in our lives the blind beggar. I said, so, man, what do you mean? See, at the end of the day, we're all searching for love. And really, as I describe what Bartimaeus was going through, what he was seeking, I was really describing for you not just love in the abstract, but really the concrete expression of love that all of us yearn for. It's not just kind of an emotional expression. Here's what we all yearn for: we 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 yearn, we yearn for a love that says that we are always. Can you say always, always? That that whether things are good or whether things are bad, I want to always be seen. I want to always be heard. I want to always feel like I matter, that I, I want to be valued by people no matter what. And so often when we think about feeling not love, what, what we're really saying is we feel invisible. Some of you young people watching me right now, you can relate to this, that you, you, you feel invisible, right? You feel like nobody sees me, nobody hears me, nobody really cares for me. And notice the word that I have in this definition, I have always. In other words, we all want a love that, that sees and hears and cares for us regardless of the circumstances, we we, we want to feel like we're loved when things are going well. One we feels like we're loved when things are going badly. We, we want to feel like we're highly valued when we make A's, and we want to feel like we're highly valued if we make poor grades. We want to feel like we're highly valued if we're successful athletes, if we're successful in our jobs, and we want to feel like we're highly valued even if our relationships fall apart. Always. somebody looking at me right now, you get this. You desperately wish somebody could see the real you, flaws and all, and still embrace you. Hear the cry of your heart, the fears and the doubts and the dreams, and still cling to you. You want somebody just to value you without you having to perform. you want love you, you know we get versions of this kind of love from people parents and spouses and girlfriends and boyfriends but at the end of the day we're all imperfect and those and it comes to us in imperfect ways and part of what makes in this context one a blind uh, Beggar, is that it is possible for us to be broken in certain ways, that even if the love is, is, is there and available, we don't see it. And if we don't see that love, we, we, because we are shaped to experience that love, that's how God has shaped us, because he has shaped us to yearn mostly for him, for God. We, we find ourselves searching for it, begging for it in conscious and unconscious ways. And so how do you define the kind of love that you're looking for that has those three characteristics that I have just named? Some people call it agape love, and they've searched that. Some people call it lasting love. Some people call it uh, genuine love. Here's what I call it. I call it Jesus's love. And the best place to find Jesus' love is in Jesus. And we'll learn this as we go forward in this story. But what you're in search of, my friends, is a Jesus love. Because his love sees you fully and always embraces you. His love hears the deep cries of your heart, the fears and the longings of your heart, and still clings to you. His love values you, whether you're on top of the world or whether the world is on top of you. (laughs) Let me just give you a quick example before I I, want to move to this next stage. I want to talk about, here's a lady by the name, the late Princess Diana. Beautiful people loved her. But if you know anything about her story, and I've been fascinated, I've studied her story over the years. There's a series called The Crown that just kind of worked its way through her stories. And here's what's remarkable about her story, that um, she is, uh, uh, she, she, her mother left and abandoned her when she was about 13, 12, 13 years old. She was raised by this philandering father who was never there for her. So really, this, her uh, nanny raised her. And there's a broke piece in her. And even though she ended up marrying the Prince of Wales, she ultimately was rejected by him, shut out by uh, her mother-in-law. And it just drove her into this place that, that even on the other side of that relationship, when she was at her height of fame, those who were close to her said she would always say, I just want someone to love me. And they would say, well, but you're so beautiful. Millions of people love you. And she would respond by simply saying, they don't know me. They love the image of me, the image of me being flawlessly put together. But I want somebody to see me in all of my brokenness and still love me. I want someone there to hear the cries of my heart for the fears that I have and the, and the dreams that I have. And, and I want someone who will value me when I'm, when I'm popular in the press and when I'm unpopular in the press, that that person will never leave me nor forsake me. And she just didn't realize that she was, she was in search of a Jesus love. Because he's the only one who loves us f- faithfully and perfectly like them. In her own way, she was a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road. Is that you? Could that be you in high school? Listen, I know some of your high school students. Some of you are thinking, if I could just get a little prettier, if uh, if you know, if, if if I could, if if I could be a better athlete, if I could make better grades. Then my parents are my friends or some some girl that I admire or some guy that I admire he he or they or she will actually notice me and want to hear and listen and be with me and value me. But Princess Diane will say to you, listen, that is a fool's dream to chase because at the end of the day, you can become the prettiest, the most powerful, the most wealthy, and at the end of the day, people will see all of that and fall in love with all of those images and all of the power and all the wealth, but they will still miss who you are. There's only one person who sees you for who you really, 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 really are and loves you fully, unconditionally. And this is Jesus that we're talking about in this text. A Jesus love. That's what the world is in search of. I go back to this text. I, I love verse 47. It says when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now listen, here's a quick, quick little insight I just want to give you. There are two titles used for Jesus here, right? The first is Jesus of Nazareth. The second is Jesus, the son of David. And, 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 and here's the note I want to make sure that you write. Accessing Jesus's love begins with faith. And your faith doesn't have to be huge. Your faith, it can be very small, but your faith has everything to do with how you see Jesus. And we have two different pictures of Jesus in this text. One who simply sees him as a person who comes up out of Nazareth. Come on now, Nazareth. Someone says, "Can anything good comes out of Nazareth?" And the one who sees Jesus as being a part of royalty, so much more than a Nazarene. Come on, somebody shout, "So much more!" Now, first. Notice my faith impacts my ability to access the love that Jesus has for me. It's a fabulous story about Jesus in this same book. Mark records it in chapter 6. Jesus returns to his hometown. He's working miracles all over the place. Loving on people in all kinds of ways. Healing and feeding and doing all kinds of things. But when he comes back to his hometown, town, town, it's almost impossible for him to do any miracles. Listen to what the text says. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except place his hands and heal a few here and there. And he was absolutely, the text says, he was amazed at their unbelief. Now, why didn't they believe that Jesus was 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 who he said he was? The, the ultimate expression of love, the God with them. Why didn't they believe that? Well, it's because they had seen him Grow up in Nazareth. I mean, there were the folk who said, look, I used to change that little boy's diaper. Come on. Now he's going to talk about it. He's like God. Are you kidding me? That was the person who says, I was in the same bar mitzvahs class with him. And now he's talking about he's the Messiah. I mean, that was the person who said, look, he used to build furniture for me. And I used to pick up furniture because he's a great carpenter. And now he's talking about he's the Messiah. Oh, no. he was He was so familiar to them that they missed who he was. their inability to see that he was more than just a kid from Nazareth blocked their ability to access this extraordinary love that they so longed for. But but Bartimaeus, he teaches us that, that you don't have to have a fully formed understanding of who Jesus is uh, uh, in order to access the love that he has for you. You don't have to have all the eyes dotted and the T's crossed. Uh, uh, you know, mostly but our faith usually starts exactly where we are. So notice Barnabas says, you know, Jesus, son of David. And there's a couple of ways in which we can interpret this this particular uh, uh, insight. Some suggest that when he says Jesus, son of David, that it meant that uh, he had been reading the Jewish scriptures and he had read scripture that declared God told David that one day he would give him a son that would sit on David's throne for eternity. And, and that he connected this with Jesus and so in this moment there's a spark of understanding that that this one walking through is, is divine and so he's referring to Jesus' divinity that could be true, it might be true, I don't know, but I, I tend to think he wasn't that sophisticated that he he didn't fully understand who Jesus was, not to that point I tend to think that his faith really started with where he was, a blind man sitting, come on beside the road, having some real genuine needs that ultimately spelled out his desperation for love and but it, it came in terms that he understood it is there anybody here who can give me just a little something and he heard that Jesus was passing through and he knew I'd heard that Jesus his father quote-unquote Joseph was a was a part of the lineage of David so that meant that Jesus come on was 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 royal and where there is royalty there is wealth and so what's really happening is that there is some wealth walking through the neighborhood and so he cries out jesus son of david have mercy on me. I want just a little bit of what you got. Can you just spare a little bit of what you have? And listen, guys, I just want to just tell you, it's always all right to ask Jesus to give me just a little bit of what you have. Give me a little bit of what you have. But it started, it starts right where the man is. See, that's how faith is. It starts right where you are. Sometimes we think it's a spouse that we need or a car that we need or a promotion that we need. And, and God moves in our lives on those levels. But, but, but he keeps asking us, what do you really want? You know what I really want? I want an everlasting love. That's what I really want. I want to I see Let's go back to the next verse here. Uh, And so he says, son of David, and immediately, what are the people around him? They, 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 They start shouting, be quiet, be quiet. And man, these are the voices that are around him. Anytime you make up your mind that you're going to start calling out for Jesus, there will be voices that will tell you to be quiet. I've been walking with Jesus now for, I don't know, look, I'm I, as a matter of fact, today is my birthday. I'm turning 56 years old. Hallelujah. I've been walking with him since I was 16. Come on now. And there are still voices that will show up in my head from time to time to tell me, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> that... Y- 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 Jesus doesn't have time for you. That, that's what's going on here in the text. Be quiet. Come on, Jesus is too busy for you. Be quiet. You're blind, you're poor, you're sitting on the side of the street. You're not important enough. And for some of you young people, the voices will say, be quiet. You're not old enough to get on Jesus' agenda. Why not take another side right here? And, and uh, you know, if you go up earlier in this very chapter, for those of you who are young people thinking, am I old enough to be on Jesus's agenda? Am I old enough to be a part of Jesus's priority list? Am I old enough that if I call Jesus, he'll stop everything to hear me? I want you to notice, there's a fascinating, so in the same chapter where parents are trying to bring their kids to Jesus so he can bless them and the disciples block and get they get in the way and say, no, 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 he's too busy. He's too busy for these kids. And notice what the text says. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the children, let the middle schoolers, let the children, let the high schoolers, let the children, let the toddlers and the babies Come to me. Don't dare stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who see me through the same eyes that these trusting children see me. That they recognize that I'm the ultimate expression of love. Let them come. Jesus is never too busy for you. You can always get his attention. You just call. Jesus. Jesus. Notice what the text says. As 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 the people said, be quiet, they shouted at the guy. The text says, the more they shouted at him, the louder he got. <laughs> Here's the insight. Drown out discouraging voices by calling out even louder for Jesus. Come on, come somebody just shout, Jesus! Can you just shout, Jesus! Whenever I say Jesus, I can hear the testimony of Scripture reminding me about who he is. Jesus! And I can hear Scripture declare that he is, he is the word of God become flesh. Jesus! He, he is the visible image image of the invisible God Jesus he's the prince of peace the 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 the, the, the wonderful counselor Jesus he's king of kings and lords of lords Jesus he's the everlasting father Jesus he's my savior my redeemer my best friend the everlasting and ever sure love in my life and somebody cried, Jesus! The louder the voices, the louder you should cry for Jesus. The Jesus love. I'm going to turn to the text. And so, Jesus, in the text, you know, he, 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 the text says he, he hears, he says, look what it says, when he heard him. He stopped. Somebody shout, stopped. This is fascinating for me. There's a couple of ways to interpret this text uh, uh, that he says he stops. There's a couple of ways to interpret it. The first way to interpret is that that Jesus is is in the crowd and people are talking around him and so forth and so on. And somehow the voice of Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, breaks through the noise and he hears on the winds of the surrounding environment, someone saying, Jesus, son of David. And he stops and he wonders, who is that? The interpretation is he got Jesus' attention. That is an appropriate interpretation. I think that's that's, it is very appropriate. But when I read the text, and and, and it may have a lot to do with who I know Jesus to be. Come on now. Uh, 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 When I read the text, here's what I think actually happened. Jesus is walking very slowly with the crowd and he hears cutting through the wind the voice that says, Jesus, son of David. And and some people would say what, what he actually thought was he stopped and thought, who is that? But what I think happened was when he heard that voice cutting through the wind, he stopped and thought, there he is there he is (laughs) there's the one that I'm looking for there there, that was the reason why I came out this way of Jericho there's a reason why I was taking my time just walking slowly among the crowd and I was engaging and talking but my my GPS for providential awareness brought me this way and I I knew that there was somebody looking for love and somebody who had a heart that was waiting and ready and, and, and I didn't know where they were so I'm so happy they called me. Come on now. And now that they've called me, I know there he is, there he is. Go get him. <laughs> you know the insight I'm trying to make. You, you see the insight, don't you? Don't you see the insight? The love that you're looking for, the everlasting love, the pure love, the trustworthy love, the Jesus love, it's looking for you. And all you got to do is initiate, identify, call him, call him, call him. Whew. Notice in the text, he, he sent some people, he says, tell him to come here. And so some of the disciples <laughs> they call the blind man and say, hey man, cheer up, cheer up, get excited. Why? Because uh, he's calling for you. Most times, when we meet Jesus, guys, it's not a direct experience. Oftentimes, it's an indirect experience, mediated to us by by other people who who point us to Jesus, who who tell us that Jesus is looking for us, who tell us that Jesus is calling for us. It might be the person who sent you the link and the reason to, to this message, and you're listening to this message because somebody sent you the link. That was that was that was that was that's a messenger that says Jesus is calling you. It might be the person that invited you to the watch party that you're participating in. At minimum, it's me, right? I'm the messenger, and I'm telling you, Jesus is calling you. He's saying, come here, come here, come here, come here. When I got doubts, bring your doubts. Come here, come here. I got anger. Bring your anger. Come here, come here, come here. I got a lot of pain. Bring your pain. Come, 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 come. Just bring all of you. That's what love, that's what the, That's what Jesus' love is. Bring all of you. come, 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 come. Come here, I need for you. Come here, come here. Oh my God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Well, most of you know Dr. Francis Collins. He's the director of the National uh, Institute for Health. He's leading the fight against COVID. Here's what he says. It's fascinating. He says, I was an atheist when I entered medical school. I was a Christian when I left. And that transition occurred in his life because Jesus sent some people to him. One person he sent to him was a patient. He tells the story that when he was in residency, he ran across this one patient who was literally dying, but she was so peaceful. And, and one day she asked him, so what do you believe, Doc, about God? It stimulated his processing and his thinking, and he couldn't shake the fact of how peaceful she was, even though she was dying, as though she was was exiting life, headed towards pure love. She's looking forward to it. Scripture says, in his presence is the fullness of joy at his right hand, of pleasures evermore, pure love. Later on, he says it was a neighbor who happened to be a United Methodist pastor, and he started asking more questions about God and Christ, and, and he received the book uh, from him, Mere Christianity, and, and he read that book. And finally, his own words, his, his testimony, he quotes, he says that uh, it was a beautiful summer day in the dreary, uh, uh, uh grass of the Cascade Mountains. He said, there, he fell on his knees, and he said, God, I get it. I surrender. I give you myself. I want to be your follower from now to eternity. And 41 years later, he says, he's still following. He said, I got it. You are the embodiment of trustworthy love. You are the Son of God who came and died for my sins. You see me as I am in all of my beauty and all of my ugliness. You hear the cry of my heart. And you, rather than being repulsed by me, you run to me. You died for me. You conquered death for me. You redeemed me. You love me. It's powerful, isn't it? Let's finish this up. So I go back to the text and... The blind beggar shows up in the presence of Jesus and Jesus asks him a very simple question. He says, what do you want me to do? What do you want? <laughs> it's another way of asking, what do you want for Christmas? Somebody might say, come on, what do you really want? And here's where the transformation, here's where the miracle takes place, I think, in, this, in the blind beggar's mind, that there in the very presence of God, even though he got there with a, with a faith that wasn't fully formed, but there in the presence of God in Jesus, he, he, he realizes the miracle, of his eyes comes open and he realizes who he is and the clue here is he says my rabbi the blind man says I want to see now I I I want to I want to prove this revelation by two ways at least demonstrated one he uses the term my rabbi really in the 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 actual little word is Rabbani that's how it literally is my teacher and this phrase is most often used when people are praying when the Jewish people were praying to God they were referring to him as my teacher And it's this notion that he suddenly, his eyes came and he realized, this is God. in flesh standing in front of me. And I came here to ask for wealth. I came here to ask for money. I came here to ask for a short-term need. But since I'm standing before the eternal of eternity, why don't I just ask for what I really want? Would you open my eyes? I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. And the scripture tells us that Jesus answers that prayer. And he says, go. And, and he goes. You know, there's another way to translate this text where he says, I, will you open my eyes? The RSV translation translates it and says, I want to see again. I want to see again. I raise this point because some of you, you need to say yes to Jesus for the very, very first time. Others among you, because of COVID and the toxicity of politics and some of the violence that has happened in your life and how certain relationships are falling apart, you used to believe. You used to see who Jesus was. You used to trust. But all that stuff has caused you to lose sight of who he is. And so I'm going to challenge you that your prayer needs to be, Lord, I want to see again. I want to see again. But for those of you who are struggling with, can I put my faith in Jesus? Your prayer should be, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. You know, you know what you're going to get from Jesus? Unconditional love. You know what, what really comes with unconditional love? Oh, it's, it, 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 there is no conditions and no qualifications. You just need to show up. And when you show up, the only requirement is simply this. You receive him and you accept his love. (laughs) Jesus says, come. Love says, believe, trust, and accept. Amen. All right. Listen, let's think through some next steps together as we're out of time. Thank you for this first week being with us. Here's the message response. I want to suggest that if you're thinking about who Jesus is in your life for the very first time, thinking about surrendering, the the prayer that you ought to pray over the course of this week is, Lord, I want to see, and you want to expect Jesus to, to really reveal miraculously to you who he is. And if, it's, if for you, it's really about, can I come back to him? Then your prayer needs to be, Lord, I want to see again. So just check that and say, this is my commitment. I'm making this commitment right now. If there ever was a time I need to see, it's now. I want to see who you are. And I want to see what you have for me. And I want to see the abundance of love you have for me. That's the message response. and. I want you to take a picture of our reflection question. I want you to talk about this with your family and loved ones around the Thanksgiving. Well, I guess Thanksgiving is over. <laughs> around, the, around the dinner table. How do you know that you are always seen, heard, and loved by God? Now I want you to open your app if you're in our app, or it's going to pop up on the screen, and go to next steps, uh, and our connection card. Go to our connection card, and next steps. There are some next steps, and at the very top of it is an opportunity to say, "I want to follow Jesus." It's the opportunity for you to do what Dr. Collins says. I get it. I surrender. I'm yours. And there's some other options there for you as well. And then, of course, secondly, under the message response, if you haven't had a chance to commit to our Be Rich to Others effort, you have an opportunity to do so. We're in the final days of that. It's been great teaching this first message. Hey, guys, kids, make sure you get into your Zoom groups now. And all the, for the rest of us, don't forget, next weekend... Uh, we're going to be showing up at our various two campuses, and we need you to bring all of your hygiene kits. We're expecting at least 2,000 hygiene kits to give to our to the two homeless programs that we're going to be uh, uh, serving. And if you're not in the Bay Area, uh, there should be a homeless program near you or a serving opportunity near you. Go to our website so you can participate, BMBCC, where you are. And if you didn't get a chance to contribute by giving, Thirty-nine ninety-five. dollars this is your opportunity. Okay, if you want to hang out with me in the virtual social hall, uh, just fill out the registration and whatever you do, don't you dare miss next week. What are you searching for? Continues. God bless you.